Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. How many people, when they heard the truth through singing, through your kindness, through a couple of the people that went and got their own vans and shuttled people and put a little sign in their free taxi. Yes. You say, well, that didn't teach anybody anything. Oh, I beg to differ. That taught a lot. And then, of course, here. So they heard the teaching, the truth, many ways. How many lives are changed? Probably thousands. Why? Because the truth changes people's lives. See, don't ever underestimate the truth. The Word of God's powerful. It's incredibly powerful. Everybody has had good teachers and not so good teachers. Good teachers help you understand the subject they're teaching about, even if you weren't initially interested. Poor teachers can ruin your favorite subject. Pastor Mark will teach today about the spiritual gift of teaching. You'll find out how this is different from the teaching profession and how sometimes they overlap. Pastor Mark will also tell you what the characteristics are of someone with the gift of teaching and where they're useful in the church. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 12 as he continues this series called Motivational Gifts. Once a year, Linda and I go into a have a skin deal like you should do if you live in Florida. I'll just tell you that. You should do it. Lots of people die with melanoma. If you don't have a skin thing, you should have it done. This isn't a medical class that we want you here to teach. So you can just sit there and do nothing when I ask you a question. (laughs) No. So I always have a few little things, nothing, no cancer, whatever, just things burned off. Now, how'd you like to go in the doctor and doctor says, well, I've never really done this before. You ready? (laughs) Yeah. What? what, what, My my ears gone. What happened there? Well, I just freeze a little too much. Let's try it on the other side. No, whoa, 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 whoa. So what do you see? Luke already is a logical person. What do you see with a teacher? A teacher is like this. Point one, point two, point three. We're headed to the end. There's a goal in mind. That's a teacher, gift of teaching. They're logical. They think through it. And they're going to move you along to a end point. They're not just storytellers. Because storytellers often are great communicators, but they're not really teachers. Now, if you're going to be a great teacher, you're going to have to include some stories because people like that. We'll see that in a moment. But you're going to want to be logical, systematic as you go through. Look at Dr. Luke. You can see how he is. Look at Luke 1. We'll just read the first four verses. Dr. Luke writes it like this. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. Just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, 
it seemed good also to me to write to you, notice what kind, an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that, here's the goal, you may know the certainty of the things you have taught. That's it. A person with the gift of teaching is systematic, he's logical, he has points, he's going to research, he's going to do it in an orderly fashion, and when you get through, you know you've been taken down a path that that individual had in mind. Now, what's the danger if you're more of a storyteller than you are a teacher in a public setting? It's called rabbit trails. Ever been on one? You hear a guy speak? Pretty soon he's off somewhere and never to return again. We've all been there. Sometimes I can do that. You go, whoa, whoa. And so I try to have points because it brings me back where? Let's get right back to where we were. Okay. So that's the logical, that's the systematic kind of thing that's going to happen. Now, the danger of it is, I guess, point one, point two, point three, point four. Amen. So, all logic, but, hello, is there a story in there somewhere? Is there something that can keep my attention? I fell asleep at two. And so, understand, that's what happens. Number three, turn back to Timothy, you were there, but First Timothy is time, First Timothy. Solves problems by starting with scriptural principles. A biblical teacher, Sunday school, wherever, We're talking about a biblical setting, obviously. They're focusing always on the Word of God. That's where they come from. By the way, anybody that counsels in this church, that's where you want to come from. You don't want to just grab a principle out of the air and then try to find a scripture for it. That's the beauty of going through expositionally through the Word of God. So, notice in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Notice what Paul says to Timothy, who is a teacher. Verse 12. Don't anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for believers in speech and life and love and faith and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect, notice, your gift. What did we read back from Paul? Paul says, if you have the gift of teaching, teach. So obviously, Timothy had the gift of teaching. Paul says, don't neglect the gift which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in those matters or full of fervor. Go for it. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. By the way, while you do this, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. There's nothing more devastating in our world, and it's hard because we're all humans and we all do fail. All of us are teachers, parents, right on down. We're all teachers. Nothing's more devastating for people that are learning from a teacher to watch a teacher do exactly the opposite that they just taught. And so when a man in the pulpit falls, it's incredibly devastating to a church. Because that person may have been faithful for many, many years. Remember Jimmy Swagger, way back. Tremendous teacher of the word. Boom. What happened? Many people never go back to church again. 
They're just devastated by that. How can you be teaching me these? I'm writing the notes. It's incredible. It's anointed. But you're not even obeying your own. So notice what Paul says to Timothy. Watch your own life. Because you can't just be this great. And that's what happens. You'll see in a moment. A huge danger of a teacher is pride. Public setting, small setting, whatever. Man, they're here to listen to me. No, they're only here to listen to you if you're teaching truth and you're living truth. That brings up number four. Prefers to use biblical illustration rather than life applications. I'm certainly not God, but what I think you see very often is if in a, in a public setting, a pastor, if a pastor has the gift of teaching, which he should have, and a mixture somewhere in there, obviously, of the gift of exhortation, that's a great blend. You see, a pure teacher without the exhortation They're just going to give you the facts and let you worry about it. Settle it for yourself. All their illustrations are going to be from the Bible. That's good. That's great. I wish I could use more of my illustrations. I used a few with Timothy. But a person with the gift of exhortation and the gift of teaching is not only, notice, not only going to use biblical illustration, but they're going to share a little bit of their own, what? Heart. And I try to do that with you and say, well, sometimes I blow it. I fail. I don't do this, or sometimes I do good. And I try to share not just what David did or what Timothy did, but what I did. It makes it human. You can relate to us. Many of you guys have been to a skin doctor, and you know, when you know they put the little frozen stuff and they just burn all in two to three days, you have a scab and stuff, then you're off and you're done with it. That's cool. But you look like the monster from the galoon or whatever that came through. Those of you that had that, you can relate to it. And we begin to relate to one another. When we see each other, We go, wow, you're just like me. Yeah, that's exactly right. We're all together. So if you're a pure teacher, sometimes you don't relate to the people. You're just giving them biblical facts. They're all true. But in a public setting, not in a classroom, it's much more effective, I believe, to have a little of that gift of exhortation that says to you, come on now, stop and think. we got to get these things out. These people are lost here. And people go, okay, I'll get it. And pretty soon you buy into it, and away you go, and... It changed, and your friend came, and wow. Because why? You personally got involved, and you saw me do the same thing. Hand them out, share, do whatever. Number five, the person with the gift of teaching checks out the teacher. Back in Luke, remember, Luke says, I myself carefully investigated everything. You see, this is very much like the person with the gift of prophecy. See, truth is paramount. So when a teacher hears statements, and if you would be in our living room, and from time to time, not that often, but at least for a long period of time, I'll flip through the channel. Of course, my wife says, where are you flipping to now? None of you men have that problem. You know, you always stay in the same channel the whole time. I'm sure that's true. So I flipped to something. And I say it's in a commercial. Why sit and watch a stupid commercial? So I'm flipping to four things, and I got four programs going. Then I get back to where I was. Well, quite often, I put the religious channel on. I want to see what's happening. So a person that's a teacher will hear these statements and go, what? Are you crazy? And you want to say, turn it off. Please don't listen to that. Please don't listen to that. Especially if you listen to some of our channels here. A person that's a teacher says, how are you going to prove that? Where'd you find that from? People just talk off the top of their heads with all kinds of stuff. And so... That would be your gift. It's a little bit of the gift of the person with prophecy. Same kind of deal. We're looking to see, as Luke did, Luke says, 
before I write to you about Jesus, I personally, carefully investigated everything. I did it. So that when I teach, I'm going to teach you truth. Number six, a person with the gift of teaching is a great learner themselves. I addressed that a little bit earlier. Turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 17. I'm trying to give you some of these things as we go through tonight. Acts, chapter 17. Now, a person with the gift of teaching typically is a reader of a lot of stuff or an internet user today of a lot of stuff. A person that's going to have the gift of teaching They want to do two things. Primarily, they want to know more and more of this Bible. Do you want to know more and more of this Bible? Absolutely. You know, how ludicrous people say to us, and this happened early on, and it's happened to me a number of times, but early on, a guy came, when we were like in the 70 Adventist, he says, uh, what are you going to do when you finish going through the Bible one time? I said, well, we're going to go through it again. He said, what? Why would you want to go through it again? I'm thinking, we have a little problem here. (laughs) Did you get it all the first time through? (laughs) Obviously not. But since I'm kind, I wouldn't say something like that to somebody. But he never did come back to the church. So after that was all right. Why? Because he wasn't what? Wasn't teachable. I mean, you're actually going to go through the Bible again? Yeah. Just what the Bible tells us to do. So, if you have a gift of teaching, whether it's Sunday school, parents, all kinds of areas in the church, your number one thing is you want to know more about the Word. But number two, you're not teaching the Word to a wall. You're teaching the Word to kids, students, adults, people. So, if I'm going to be an effective teacher, then I need to know a lot about who? You. And what's happening. And what's happening in our world. So, for the last 15 years, I get the USA Today every day. Now, why do I get that? Because I pursue through it, see interesting articles, different stuff. And now with the internet, same thing. Lots of stuff. I get one magazine, Newsweek. And I'm always looking. Articles. See what's happening. What's taking place in our world today. How can we relate? You remember not long ago, because we don't have teenagers and we don't have kids in our home anymore, get up grandkids. I talked to you about MySpace.com. Anybody remember? Because it was a huge article in the USA Today. I really didn't know that much about it, except from reading it. Now what do you see constantly? All the television programs about it, kids being abused, all kind of stuff. Well, see, that's where you live. Now, if I don't read... I'll never know that because I don't have teenagers anymore. So I read to know where you are and then take those truths and use this. So if you have the gift of teaching, you have to be an avid reader, a researcher, not just the word of God. Here's the problem. You might be an avid, you want to know all the stories, but you're really Bible light. Well, you don't want to be Bible light because the thing's going to change people's lives is the Bible, not USA Today. Okay? But that has to come first, but you can't mix the other. So notice, as you understand that, this person is a great learner. They just keep learning. By the way, the minute you stop learning, you stop living. 
Look at Acts 17, skip out of verse 19. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, May we know what this, Paul, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we want to know what they mean. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. By the way, that would not be a teacher, because they're just rambling on about nothing. They have no goal in mind. Paul then stood up in the meeting of this era of Pegasus and said, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. Well, how did he know that? For I walked around and looked carefully at your object of worship. So I even found an altar to this inscription to the unknown God. Now what you worship as something unknown, I am about to proclaim to you who is known. Now how did Paul do that? Paul was a tremendous teacher. How did he relate to those people? He didn't get on the USA Today. He didn't get on the internet. He walked among them. And he listened to what they were saying. And he heard. And he saw. And he taught. From their viewpoint. That's what you have to do if you're going to be a great teacher. If you're going to have the gift of teaching and be used for kids ministry. Anywhere in a small group. One to one discipleship. You have to know where people are. And you have to see where they're at. So that you can write the truths of God's word to them. Next. Number seven. A person with the gift of teaching. Prefers teaching believers. In other words discipleship. More than engaging in evangelism. But they'd really rather focus on the growing of people rather than getting people saved. Number eight, the person with the gift of teaching believes biblical truth has the power to produce change. That's why they teach. Small group setting, men's group, ladies group, couples groups, publicly, kids, whatever. The only reason they teach is, number one, they know that the truth John 8, to the Jews who believed when Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. How many people, when they heard the truth, through singing, through your kindness, through a couple of the people that went and got their own vans and shuttled people and put a little sign in their free taxi? Yes. You say, well, that didn't teach anybody anything. Oh, I beg to differ. That taught a lot. And then, of course, here. So they heard the teaching, the truth, Many ways. How many lives are changed? Probably thousands. Why? Because the truth changes people's lives. See, don't ever underestimate the truth. The Word of God's powerful. It's incredibly powerful. And we get the privilege of seeing it in all these varied forms. Now, if I operate in my flesh, and I have the gift of teaching, what are the dangers? Number one, tends to neglect the practical application of truth. We've talked about that. If a teacher gets going and they got all these facts (laughs) and they're going to give them to you, forget the application. I'm giving you lots of stuff now. Just learn it. And you had that in school. If you ever had a physics class and the guy just gave you facts and no application, you never got it. Unless you're like one of these genius kids. That's why I changed, by the way, from calculus and physics. When I got those two classes, the Lord spoke to me. (laughs) It was direct revelation. And I went into pharmacy, okay? No more physics. Chemistry, I love all these bodies and stuff. I like all that stuff, but forget this physics. I could never do it. So I married a woman that has those abilities. She can put things together, fix toilets, do whatever, see 3D. 3D, I can't even know, I don't even know what 3D is. Number two, here's a big one. May appear prideful of their learning and intellectual ability. 
Do you have anybody ever talk down to you? See, if you go to a church and you feel talked down to, you'll never come back. Condescending. You mean you didn't know that? So what do I try to do? Not that I'm perfect by any means. But what do I try to do often? I'll say to you, by the way, we're getting ready to turn to Acts chapter 18. Now, on a Sunday, we have lots more people that are not used to the Bibles. Would you ever hear me say, what do you mean you don't, you don't know where Acts is? How long have you been in church? Oh, this is your first week? Well, come on, get with the program. <laughs> well, they never come back. So what do we say? Don't be embarrassed. Ask somebody. It's okay. We all, by the way, did we all start together? We all started, we didn't know where Acts was either. Did you? No, you didn't. Some of you didn't even know there was a New Testament and an Old Testament. You realize today how many people don't even know anything about the Bible. That's good. They're here. We're going to teach them. So we have to be careful that we don't ever be condescending. I was listening to somebody, Linda and I, as we was driving the car today, somebody teaching on this application part. And somebody was saying, I thought it was really good, talking to a pastor. He said, I just love my pastor in the church I go to. He's so brilliant in his teaching. I just love the church. He's so brilliant. Nobody knows what he's ever talking about. But he's a great teacher. <laughs> Something's wrong here, isn't it? You see, we're not here to impress you. You know what you'll discover, and this is what I like about Pastor Chuck. Pastor Chuck is a brilliant Bible scholar. But if you listen to him, it's just as common as day is day long. Very simple. So, in Acts, we see this specific principle being applied. Look at it down in verse 24. Meanwhile... Chapter 18, verse 24. Let me just go through some things and show you how Apollos is this person with the gift of teaching. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, Egypt, as you know, brilliant scholarly city, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately. Here's the caveat. Though he knew only the baptism of John. So notice what you see, things we talked about before. He's logical, he's intellectually sharp, he's accurate, biblically focused, he's diligent. Verse 26. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they had invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. In other words, he was a brilliant teacher... But he really didn't know anything about Jesus and Jesus' baptism. He just knew about John the Baptist and his baptism. So here's Aquila and Priscilla. They hear him teach. What does a teacher do? A teacher checks out other teachers. And they go, whoa, there's something missing. What he said was terrific, but there's something missing here. And so what do they do? They take him to their home and what? They teach him. See, a teacher is always what? Learning. Now, I want you to see the incredible picture here. Apollos is brilliant, learned, scholar, Alexandria. What did Aquila and Priscilla do? They made tents. But guess who corrected them? Two tent makers who knew more truth. 
Today, Pastor Mark taught about the differences between storytelling and teaching. You found out how God-inspired teaching differs from just telling stories. You also learned how it's possible to miss God's mark when giving topical teachings rather than going verse by verse through the Bible. Pastor Mark also shared the ways teachers get discouraged. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will finish his teaching on the motivational gift of being a teacher. He will talk to you about the things he does to keep his teaching relevant to his listeners. You'll learn from this teaching what the qualities of good teachers are and what to stay away from. Pastor Mark will also share the dangers of trying to do godly teaching by relying on your own abilities. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world